All right, three to seven. Three to seven can go if you want to. Children's Church. Everybody else open your Bible to Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah chapter 58. All right. Before we get started, I'm going to give you three quick stories. Before I tell these stories, I want to say, a lot of times I don't tell y'all stories about us because don't you think I'm up here just telling you about us because we don't matter. But the Bible says testify, someone testify. I wasn't going to tell you one of these stories because I know how some people respond, but I guess you said get over it if you respond wrong. (laughs) So, uh, man, what a week. I'm just, I'm overwhelmed by how good God is, and I want to share this with you, and, and uh, maybe fix your eyes on the whole purpose of my stories is so you see the, see the Lord. Actually, I got four stories. Might might not get a whole lot done today. I, I noticed I lost my watch. Don't know what time it is, and there's no clock in the back. So, Greg, you keep me informed. All right, we're on the same page. If y'all don't like it, talk to Greg. All right, you know there's there you know there's there's times where the Lord you know answers your prayers and you're like you know sometimes you wonder if God hears you and then there's there's times where you're blown away. This is one of them weeks where I was blown away. I'll share with you real quick. First thing is, um, you know, Jeremy's been struggling with his with his throat, having issues with his throat, hadn't been able to sing for ten weeks and. Really been, I've been, really been wrestling with the Lord with that and praying God to heal him, praying God to heal him. And, and, uh, and anyhow, last Sunday, we, me and him, uh, had to go or wanted to go to the prison, uh, there to sing and to preach and do that on Sunday evenings. And, uh, he wasn't able to sing. And I was sitting there praying for him while we were there. And the, uh, praise team at the, uh, the inmates there have their praise team. And, and he got up and said, you know, I'm just going to play with y'all. And, and that kind of stuff, and I was praying, God, I believe, you know, I believe you can heal him, I believe you can touch him right now and heal him, that's just what I believe, you can do what you want to do, and uh, anyhow, it was awesome, he started singing with him and sang some songs, and I'm just thankful for he, he's able to do that, and then uh, yesterday, they their group had some practice and all that, and he was just telling me, he said, Dad, my throat don't hurt, I sang 12 songs yesterday, my throat's healed, and I was like, thank you, God, you know, sometimes we're quick to, to you know, we want to question God and complain to God and wonder why God doesn't answer certain certain things but I, I want to give God praise when he does you know I don't want to just go well that's just coincidence well no coincidence Jesus touched him and he healed him uh second thing that happened this week was um I had a uh a man that I'm doing some work for and it's a really big job and and uh, anyhow he got to complaining about some stuff and I really, honestly I didn't even want to do the job and and so I told him, I said, man, if you want to get somebody else, you can get somebody else. It don't matter to me. 
<clears throat> and oh no no I want you to do it and he was talking about some of the some of the price change and it wasn't my price change but anyhow we we talked through it so so after I got off the phone with him I made some phone calls to some some people who were doing other parts of the job and asked for for a bid and what was awesome was this one company sent me back a bid that was uh, about $15,000 less than what the what this man had got so I called him on the phone I said you want to hear some good news? He said, well, I'd like to have some today. I said, well, let me tell you how good my God is. And I said, I just got off the phone with this other place and saved you $15,000 on, on a bid. And he was just like overwhelmed. And he said, and it was, I'm not saying this about me, but he said, uh, if I've ever wondered about the existence of God, I don't wonder anymore because I see him working in you. And I said, if nothing else happens in this job, then I'm happy with that. Then another thing was, uh, Cody texted us, you know, Cody got a job and they had to move off. And uh, he texted us at the first of the week and said, my supervisor came to me and said, uh, asked me how far Athens was from our house. And he said, I told him, you know, it's about 25 or 30 minutes. And he said, that's all he asked me. And then he went into a meeting and, uh, he said, you know, pray dad, maybe something will happen. So we started praying and, uh, te- Cody texted me Friday morning and said, uh, dad, we need to finish up the house because I'm starting Athens on Monday. So they're moving back. <laughs> so, and then that was good. So I'm like, wow. Now this is the one I started not to tell you, but please don't read nothing in this. And if you do, whatever, you know, Facebook it. <clears throat> and you'll see what I'm talking about afterwards. This, I don't tell people our business or what we do because we don't do it for other people. But I do want to share this with you. Um, we got, I got several people that work with us and we, we got some great people that work with us. And so every Friday when we write checks, you know, my wife said, what are we, what are we, oh, this week? And I'll go through the list, probably about eight or 10 people, I think, that we keep up with. And so this week, I, I just, I just wanted to pay extra, you know, to my help. And when you, when you, when you got one person work for you and pay them extra, it's not that big a deal. But when you got 10 people and you pay everybody extra, then it's a little bit bigger deal. Anyhow, I was telling her, I said, pay this, pay this, pay this, and, and she kind of, I mean, she never questioned, but I could just tell she was kind of thinking, hmm, and and I said, don't worry about it, you know, the Lord blesses us, He takes care of us, she's like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm you know, I'm with you, I'm with you 100%, whatever you do, I'm with you, and I said, I just, I, that's what I want to do, I want to do that, and, uh, and to, honest, to be honest with you, it's pretty much everything that we made this week, and we paid it out to the help, just wanted to do that, and uh, man, I'll tell you. So amazing, guys. Just so about a month ago, I did a job for somebody, and we just now got them the bill. And uh, Friday, I was working, and a phone rang. I hadn't talked to him since, and my phone rang, and I was talking to him, and he said, "I got your bill for my job." And I said, "Yes, sir. Is there you know any problem?" He said, "Well, you know, your bid was two thousand dollars." Yes, sir. He said, "You did a really good job. I appreciate it. I think that was too cheap, so I'm going to pay you eight hundred dollars more." It's like, boy, you're quiet. It's like, some of y'all just thought, well, I must be nice. It was. Okay. <laughs> but, but here's the, here's the thing. It's not about the money. You know, I want to talk, call my wife and said, I got to, to, it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't even about the money. It was like that morning we were tested. And by noon, the Lord's like, you going to tell me that you can't trust me? I was just so blown away by that. So I'm like, God is so good. Don't tell me God doesn't look out for his people and answer prayers. And I could go on and on. So see, anyhow, while some of you wrestle with jealousy this morning, I know you. I know you. I know some of you. Wow, I'm not saying, well, 
All I say is, come work with me, I guess. I don't know. All right. Must be nice to have an air-conditioned job, too. All right? Let's get off of that before I go the wrong way. Y'all know I'm just playing. I want to talk to you about righteousness this morning. Um, we've been going through on and off in uh, the book of Ephesians on the the uh, whole armor of God, and one of the one of the ones we've come to is the breastplate of righteousness. Now I won't read there this morning, but as I was studying that, it says put on the breastplate of righteousness, and I thought, all right, Lord, I need to know what that is, how you put it on, how I'm going to apply this to my life. So this is basically for me, and I'll share it with you. And as I was studying that, you know, the Bible talks about God's people who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And sometimes we, we, we get this idea that righteousness is, uh, it's, be, well, it's being good and it's doing right. And, and that's, that's by no means not all there is to it. Some people have an idea it's just being moral. And I guess that's part of it. But, but, but the Bible clearly points out what righteousness is and the blessings that go along with it. Isaiah 58 is where I ended up studying. I want to read the last part of this to you real quick and then we'll go back, um, to the front. But there, are so many promises to righteous living. Now understand this. The Bible says if you're a born again believer that you have the righteousness of Christ positionally. God gives us Jesus' righteousness. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And so positionally at the moment that you put your your faith and trust in Jesus, you are declared righteous, just, holy before God because of what Jesus has done and who he is, all right? But here's the thing. God wants us to live out what we've been given. He wants us not just to, to have righteousness, that, but that we live out righteous lives. And for some of you, maybe you're like, well, that, that sounds boring or whatever. And, and if you think that, you probably need to check and see if you have been made righteous. But in Isaiah 58, and this is not the only place, I encourage you this week to, uh, to seek the Lord in this and, and to see all the promises. But, but he gives some promises here and I'll read them real quick. <clears throat> he says, um, in verse 8, he's talking about some of the things, and I'll, I'll back up. But he says, Then shall your light break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. So it's talking about the glory of God showing in your life. It's talking about healing. Listen, don't make this spiritual. It's talking about spiritual and physical healing in our lives. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord should be talking about safety and security that God protects and he keeps then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here am I. Talking about God hearing and answering our prayers, okay? If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of wit, uh, wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry, satisfy the afflicted soul, and notice what it is, is the promise right here, then your light shall dawn in the darkness. It means you'll be a witness for the Lord. People will see a light in your life very different from the world around you. Your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually. Continually satisfy your soul in drought, as means when, when everybody else is around you is dry and empty and, uh, you know, dead on the inside. The Lord said, I'll, I'll satisfy your soul in the drought. I'll strengthen your bones. You'll be like a, a watered garden. Man, you flourish in every area of your life. That, that's what the Lord said, not me. 
And then he said, like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail, those from among you shall build the old places. You will raise up the foundation of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets, and dwelling. And so, so all the way down through there, and we'll back up back in verse 1, all the way down through there, we see God's promises that go with living and walking in righteousness. Okay? And so I wanted to point out some things this morning that will help you understand. This is not a message to beat you over the head to tell you to do right. What you do is your business. Okay? How you live, you'll, you'll reap what you sow. All I want to do is encourage you to go, man, living for the Lord is good. And I ain't just talking about my week this week. I'm talking about every day God's good to us and, and walking in His ways produces good in your life. Not perfect. Okay? But really good. That's just my opinion. I'm entitled to it. So looking in, in verse 58. Now you think about this. Not only does God want us to live in righteousness, God wants you to have goodness and favor and blessing and mercy and, and all the things that he promises all the way through his word. Okay, God's not the one who's sitting in heaven as a judge going, you did wrong. You did wrong. You didn't do what I told you to do. Some people got that that point. God is a father. Man, he loves his kids. And he's like, I want you to have good. I want to do good for you. I want to hear and answer your prayers. You can say, well, I thought God always hears our prayers. He always hears them, but he doesn't answer them all. And sometimes you're the problem with that, right? Sometimes we're the ones, the reason why God doesn't answer our prayers. Um, and so... Looking in verse 58, he said, I want the promises of righteousness in life. I want God's favor and his goodness in my life every day. First thing you got to do is you got to confront sin. That's what most of us don't want to do. Verse 1 says, he's talking to uh, the, uh, God's talking to the prophet Isaiah. He says, cry aloud, spare not, don't hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sin. God's like, I want you, Isaiah, to go and confront them with their sin. Why does God want to confront sin? Because sin is what robs us of what God wants to bless us with. He wants us to have life. Jesus said, I come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. God wants to bless you. God wants to show his favor and his kindness and his goodness and his graciousness towards you, his compassion. You know, everything about God is good and everything that he has for us is good and his ways produces good in our life. But here's the thing. When we live a life of sin or we have sin in our life that's undealt with, we're walking in it, we're enjoying it, we're not repenting of it, we're not putting it out of our life, we're not confronting it, then all of a sudden that sin takes a hold of our life and it robs you. It's going to rob you. The Bible says God's not mocked. Whatever we sow, we're going to reap. Sometimes we want to blame God, but we need to turn the mirror and go, you know what, I'm the reason why this is happening, because I'm reaping what I've sown. And so we want to, God's like, sow good seed, pull this, uproot this sin out of your life, deal with it. Because what we'll do is we'll, we'll allow sin. Sometimes we'll even justify it. We think that it's good. Sin deceives us. We look at all the people around us that are living there. We're like, this is good. And, you know, I'm just, I'm no different from nobody else. We started, we started, and God's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you go that way because I got good for you. And I want you to have good life and good relationships. And I want your life to have purpose and meaning and peace and joy and all the things that God produces through his spirit. But we've got to confront this sin. So he says, I want you to, I want you to cry out loud. I want you to declare the sins to the people. Okay. And all of a sudden, you know, the people, they go on defense. And I want to say this to you this morning. There's a lot of people that, that I hear, you know, I talk to and, 
one of the things I hear is, you know, I'm going, I don't think God hears me and God doesn't answer my prayers and, and I pray and it doesn't happen and blah, blah, blah. So I quit and I get a lot of that from a lot of different people. And, and, uh, what I want to say is, have you ever thought maybe it's not God? Have you ever thought, and all of a sudden, that's, and that's basically what you see in this text here, that God's saying, I'm not the reason that your prayers are not being answered. Just because you're a child of God doesn't mean God's obligated to any of us to go, all right, they ask, you know, he doesn't spoil us. He's, well, they ask for it, so they get it. That's not the way God works. God's got a way that we live by, and God blesses it, and he shows favor. And But God doesn't bless unconfronted sin. He doesn't bless that, okay? And sometimes we need to look at our own life, because here's where I'm at. I want, or the, well, I don't know what y'all are, I want. The goodness of God. I want the blessings of God in my life. I want God to hear and answer my prayers. Not just, I'm not talking about asking for stuff, but I want to be able to pray and God like, alright, I'm gonna, I wanna do that. I'm gonna do that for you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save people. I'm gonna use you. I'm gonna put you in place. I'm gonna give you opportunities. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Understand? I'm not talking about, oh God, give me a new truck and I got one, alright? So get off of that thought process. Well, you are quiet. Some of y'all just brace yourself like he's fixing to confront our sin. I am. I am. All right, because I love you. And so he says, uh, and you just laugh your way through it and put on a good show and deal with it, all right? So he says, you seek me daily. I want you to look. These, these people played the part. Talking about God's people. Yet you, they seek me daily. They delight to know my ways as. Notice it says, as a nation that did righteousness. And did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching God. And so this is a people who if you looked at them on the outside, you'd be like, man, they've got it together. I mean, they're going to the temple every day. They love their little Bible studies. They wanted, you know, to, what does God say? They, they would sit and laugh at the preacher and acted like, you know, this is great and we're just a part of that and, and as if they lived in righteousness and all these things. And so if you looked at them on the outside, just like you do in the modern day church for the most of the part, you look at it, you got a group of people going, yeah, you know, it looks like they, they love the Lord. I mean, they really enjoy the worship and they, they seem to be smiling while the preaching's going on for now. And, and that kind of stuff, okay? And here's the point. They even had them own, they even had their own selves convinced. One lot they were trying to put on this fake, but inside they knew they were like, well, look at what we're doing. They, they went on defense before God. Notice here how they take defense and they said, why have we fasted? They say, and you have not seen. Why have we afflicted our soul and you're not taking no notice? So what they're saying is, why are we doing all this stuff, but you ain't answering our prayers? You're not doing what we ask. I mean, we're, 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 we're fasting. We're not working on this day. We're coming to the temple. We're going through the things that we're supposed to go through. We're praying. We're reading our Bible. We're going to church. We're doing all this righteousness. You know, and God, you don't even care. I pray and nothing happens. I'm, I'm, I'm asking for this and all I'm getting is bad and, and this trouble and blah, blah, blah. So they had their self convinced that they were just tearing it up. Are y'all with me this morning? You gotta look at your own heart. Okay, I had to look at my heart this week in this. I'm not saying y'all do that. Y'all just pray for me. And so, all of a sudden, it says, in fact, oh no, the Lord says, let, let's look at this. This is how they see themselves. The Lord's like, let me tell you what I really see. In fact, in the day that you fast, you find pleasure. 
You exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. And so I studied that to see what he's talking about. And basically what he's saying is, on the day that you fast, the people that work for you, you just push them and push them and you push them even more. It's like, it's like they would basically say, okay, I'm going to the temple. You better make up for that time that I'm gone. Because what they would do is, whoever was serving them, it was just, it, they were, here's what they were all about. The idol of I. You know, the Bible says we should not bow down, not to bow down before any idols. And maybe you look at your life and you go, I don't bow down and worship idols. In America, we don't bow down to idols. We are the idol. We bow down and we worship us. That means that I want to serve me. That I want me to be glorified. It's about my image, what I want, my benefit. We even do it in church. We come to the church, we do some, some people, no, no, not this crowd. But some people in other churches, they go, they go to church and when they go to church, they're not going there to go, I've come to sacrifice. I've come to deny myself. I've come to serve. I don't need to be impressed. I don't need to be entertained. I don't need to know what the church has to offer. I am the one who is the offer. I'm the one who's coming here not to meet with the people, but to meet with the Lord. Not to hear the pastor give an eloquent speech, but to hear what the Spirit of God says to me. Not to, to see if the, the worship team is entertaining, but for me to offer up praise, whether anybody else is not. What, what the uh, modern American thinks, is, I'm coming to church because I want to know, is the air conditioning cold enough? Is the pew comfortable? Is the preacher going to be impressive and short in his speech? Here, no. Is the worship team going to dazzle me? Is the music going to be too quiet, too loud? Is it going to be the style that I like? Am I going to be comfortably, you know, led through this process and I'm going to leave all? Everybody comes up, hugs me, loves me, gives me all the attention and I can walk out and go, wow, Jesus is good. You know what that is? That's called, I'm worshiping me. We don't come to worship God is. You know who the idol is here is me, and it's all about me. And if I'm not happy, you know what I'll do? I'll go 300 yards down the street to the next Baptist church. And what I say to that group is, for the podcast, I was waving. All right, see you later. That's where I'm at. So that just makes me mad. Well, don't even wait till I finish. Get up and go now, okay? That's where I'm at. If you're here to be entertained, you're in the wrong place. We're here for the Lord. So he says, because here's what the Lord thinks about that. Notice what he says in verse 5. He says, is this the fast I've chosen? So I ask you, is this the worship God's chosen? Some people go, this is just not my way. Not about your way. This is not my style. Not about your style. This is not my thing. It's not about you at all. The question is, are we doing things the way God has chosen? Are you worshiping? Are you serving this day? I'm going to touch on that next week. If you don't want to hear about the Sabbath, stay home next week because that's where we're going to go next week. But but what we've taken and made the Lord's day is, I want to go, so are we saying this is what God designed? Is this God's design? Well, no, but you know, God's design takes all day. So we'll just, we're going to micromanage what God wants. We're going to get this down. You know, I remember used to, it was two or three hours and we got it down to where, you know, in a lot of churches, we're in and out of there in 45 minutes and everybody's happy and we can go watch the, watch the game. Deal with it. Amen. Amen. So is it a fast that I have chosen today for man to afflict his soul? To bow down his head like a bulrush? To spread out sackcloth and ashes? So what these people were doing, they were playing the part. 
you know, they was putting on sackcloth and ashes. That would be like burlap, putting ash on their face. They was, they was showing like, oh, we're just torturing ourselves for God. We're, we're afflicting ourselves so God will see us and He'll hear our prayers and, and we're going and we're going to the altar and we're bowing down and we're, we're doing all these things to, to get God's attention and yet God's not seeing. God's not hearing. Is there a God? Y'all gonna tell me y'all haven't heard that from a lot of other people? And then he says this. He said this, basically what he's saying, this is not righteousness. Some people would say, I live a righteous life because I do these things. Maybe you're one of those people who go, I do go to church. I do pray. I do read my Bible. I do sing. I do listen to Christian radio. I do wear a t-shirt and have a cross around my neck. Lord's like, so is that what I told you? Or is that what everybody else told you? Because God doesn't bless what everybody else tells us. God said, you do what I say and I'm going to do something. Y'all wait, say amen. Alright, stay with me. Not long to go. Alright, the, the restaurants are open. Verse 6. I'm picking at you today. He said, is this not the fast I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. He's saying, here's the way you're treating the people who are under you. You are trying to get everything from them that you can possibly, even if, if it's at their misery, so that you gain. You benefit. You get. If you have people that work under you and you drive those people and you don't care if you got to talk ugly to them, be hateful towards them, you know, push them, push them so that you can meet this quota so you can make another dollar, he's talking to you. He's talking to you. If we're those kind of people, because he's saying, what I do is that the way that I want you to treat people, here's righteousness. Righteousness is not a church ceremony on Sunday. Righteousness starts with how you treat other people, even lost people. Because here he takes the, he takes it off and he said, you know what, we're gonna get rid of the idol of I. This ain't about you. This is about, not about you gaining, you profiting from anything, you, you getting the blessing. This is about you giving, you being the blessing, okay? He says, I want you to loose the bonds of wickedness. I want you to undo the heavy burdens. I want the oppressed to go free, that you break every yoke. Our interactions with other people should turn to their blessing, not mine. Paul said it's more blessed to give than to receive. He's not just talking about money. He's talking about every aspect of our life that we should, in our in our conversation with people, in our dealings with people, it should set people free, not weigh them down even more. Does that make sense? Some, some preaching brings you under bondage. Hopefully this is not. should set you free. should, man, walk out here and go, all right, now that i dealt with that, I'm good. Verse 7, is it not to share your bread with the hungry? I want you to look at this. I want you to look and see if you're walking and living in righteousness. You judge your own self, okay? I don't need to judge you. I can anyhow. But you look and go, all right, let's be real. God said I should share my bread with the hungry. Am I sharing my bread with any hungry? And then what does he say? So are you serious? You're taking this literally? Mm, yeah. That you should bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When's the last time you did that? Well, I gave to a love offering. It don't say give to a love offering. It says that you bring to your house the poor that are hungry. When you see the naked, that you cover them. There's a whole lot of opportunities in that. <laughs> in our culture. <laughs> and not hide yourself from your own flesh. What does that mean? Help your own kinfolk. Now, how many of you get those phone calls that you 
push that little button. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, that's my... They just want something. And you turn it on silent. And it's like, you're ignoring your own kinfolk. Well, they drive me crazy. They're always asking me to this or asking me to that. And it's like, don't ignore them. When they ask for it, do something for them. Didn't I bless you? Haven't I enabled you? Haven't I shown you grace? Haven't I poured out my goodness? It's not so that you can absorb it like a sponge. It's so that you can wring it out on everybody around you. Quit being self-centered and stingy. How many of you, let's be honest, because I'm going to be honest with you. How many of you look at that list and go, I'm not doing any of that. Man, I looked at that tweet and thought, oh. Well, me and two other people. Amen. Praise God for the righteousness of your people in this group, Lord. Lord, God help us today. I want to see a church full of hungry, half-naked people next week that you clothed. Let's be real. Come on. God help us. Let's confront your sin. When I studied this this week and I started looking, I thought, I go to church and I teach and I study and I pray, but I can't figure out any poor people I've had in my house to feed them in the last mm, year. Let's be, I'll be real with you tomorrow. I couldn't think of anybody that I've clothed or, or, or helped in that way. Or I give money, but he didn't ask me to give money. He asked me to get personally involved. I haven't been personally involved. My ministry has been more about standing up here and talking to you instead of getting involved with personal people's lives. Now, I'm going to be real. Please, you be real. Come on, y'all. If we've got it all together, then let's get out of here and go eat. You're healing. (laughs) Don't any of y'all ever tell me God doesn't answer your prayer if you're that righteous, okay? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the poor in your house, see the naked, cover them, not hide yourself from your own flesh? Then the light shall break forth like a morning. You know what God's saying? People are going to start seeing Jesus in you. You know why the church is sitting here and I see empty seats everywhere? Obviously, we, one of us ain't doing that. Two of us, I think it was three or four. Me and my wife, she, I heard her say amen. She's not doing it. We're, y'all pray for us, all right? Say amen, buddy. I just totally, I've just totally got off track on this message. Let me get back to it. Your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing spring forth speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The Lord shall be your rear guard. And then shall you call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. I want that promise in my life. If you take away the yoke from your midst, who is it that you got choked down in your life? So I don't know. How do you choke down people? Mm, Unforgiveness is one way. Hatefulness, bitterness, being ugly towards people. Sometimes we, we just choke people to death because we think they're not benefiting us enough. The Lord said, take away the yoke. Notice what it says. This is, this is a good part. It's, this won't apply to anybody but me. The pointing of the finger. Speaking wickedness. You know what he's saying there? Quit your backbiting. Quit talking about people behind their back. Quit degrading people. Quit pointing your finger and going, well, I'm better than them. Look at them, what they do. Look at that. None of y'all do that. I know that. But listen to me. On my Facebook page, I I talk bad about people all the time. And I do it in a way that looks like I'm not really talking bad about people. And I've seen people, I've seen people in this church snubbing other people that go to church. Your brothers and sisters. I know there's people in this church now, I won't call your name out. I could. Who have unforgiveness towards other people just because you choose to be hateful. I know that you gossip. And you know what? I struggle with all the same things. But here's the thing. I can either confront it in my life and go, I'm wrong for that. 
And how they respond is their business, but I want to be forgiving. And I want to show mercy. And I want to do what God wants me to do. And I want to be right with the Lord. How they respond doesn't matter. Or you can just swim in the mire. And you can wall in the hog pen and go, I'm going to choose to be this way because they were that way with me. Man, come on. And you know what you're going to get from the Lord? Nothing. Nothing. And then you come around and go, I don't know why God's not answering my prayer. Well, I could give you some help, but it would probably make you mad. We're going to thin the crowd today. So be it. It says in verse 10, If you extend your soul to the hungry, you satisfy the afflicted soul. Then your light shall dawn in the darkness. Your darkness shall be as noonday. Don't you want your family to look like that? The Lord will guide you continually. Satisfy your soul in the drought. Strengthen your bones. Be like well, like a watered garden, like a spring water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you, listen to this, you shall build the old waste places. You know how, why we got so many churches that's emptying out, falling apart? Because people ain't really living righteously. That's why. People are going to church, and the church is shriveling up and choking out and dying, because that's all it is, is a bunch of church attendants. I'm almost done. Give me five more minutes, and, and you, you can go. Uh, to the final place. He says in uh, verse 12, You shall build the old way, you raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach. That, that word means the builder of the homes. Aren't homes falling apart? You want me to tell you why homes and families are falling apart? We're not re- living in righteousness at all. Because if we were, we'd be rebuilding homes. We'd be making new new homes, strong families, strong marriages, strong relationship with our children, uh, raising up generations of people who see the Lord and who see that God is good and that God is true. And then finishing up, and I won't go in deep into this, but I want you to look at this. Now listen to me. I know we're not under the law. Now, some of you are going to say, we're not under the Old Testament law, but can we at least agree that we're under the principle of it? I mean, because we're of the new covenant doesn't mean it's okay for me to kill, dishonor my mom and dad, take God's name in vain. All right? When you look at the Ten Commandments, you look at the, the principle of it. So I'm still not supposed to have idols in my life, bow down to graven images, take God's name in vain. And then the other one is remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Now, in the Old Testament, Sabbath was on a Saturday. In the New Testament, we worship on the Lord's Day. The Bible clearly states that. I'll prove all this next week for hard-headed people. But the point is, the principle of it, the Lord said, I'll have my day where you just rest in me, focus on me, worship me, and figure out that life's not about work and gain and all that you can get. It says, if you turn your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, very gut-wrenching, Call the Sabbath a delight. Man, I really enjoy coming together with God's people and spending a day in worship. Holy day of the Lord honorable. Shall honor him. Not doing your own ways. Nor finding your own pleasures. Nor speaking your own words. And then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. We won't get deep into that. But you get the point? Let it sink in. What goes with that promise? Preacher. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth. Feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. And I love the end of this chapter. The mouth of the Lord is spoken. You know what he's saying is? Some of you here are doing exactly what I would do. This was very convicting for me because in between church sometimes, okay, 
It's not the Lord's 45 minutes. It's not the Lord's two services. It's the Lord's day. Doesn't mean we come to church and we sit here all day. Doesn't mean that. But it means I have a day totally devoted to the Lord. Not to, all right, I'm finished up here at church. Now I'm going to go home. And in between church, I'm going to sit down and work on floor plans. And i got to get this bid together. And i got to call people and get ready for tomorrow. The Lord's like, what? And I could justify that and go, well, Lord, I'm just so far behind. i got to do these things and blah, blah, blah. And if I don't, then. You know what the Lord says? But if you'll trust me and you'll quit chasing after your pleasures and your things and all these things that you think is going to cause you trouble, I will cause you to walk on the high places of the earth and I'll give you what I can produce rather than what you can produce. You know why? Because I've spoken it. And what he speaks, he does. And we'll get into that next week. But I just want to ask you this morning. When you look at your life and you look at that scripture, where are you at with that? You're a churcher, pew warmer, going through the motion. You look at that and thought, I, I thought I was righteous, but obviously I'm not doing as the Lord said. I'm going to tell you something. I don't want you to be guilty this morning. I feel so bad. Preacher stepped on my toes. It has nothing to do with this message. My hope for you is that you will confront your sin to go, I need to make some changes. And if I make some changes because I love God, that's the only reason, not because God's going to get me or God's going to judge me, but because God's worthy. And I love Jesus and he is so good to me and I want to live in a way that honors him and I want to do these things because he asked me to and I'm going to trust him with my life and everything else. I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. You're going to look up, you're going to be singing that song, I'm overwhelmed. Or you can go on and live your life however you choose to. You can live just like the world. You can chase after the world. You can come to church all the time. You can go through the motions and you can wonder why you don't see no power, no answer prayer. Wonder why there's none of these things going on in your life. The glory of God, the joy of the Lord, you know, all these things that God talks about that he'll do. That you go, I just don't experience those things. Again, maybe it's not the Lord. Maybe it's us who need to take a look and go, I need to make some changes. Not for the preacher, not for the church, but because I love the Lord. And if you're here this morning, you're lost, don't know Jesus as your Savior, and you're hoping that your righteousness is going to do something for you, I can promise you this, it's not. Your goodness is not going to save you. Your goodness is not going to outweigh your bad. You're going to die and go to hell if you trust in your own righteousness. Jesus died on a cross and offers you a free gift of love, forgiveness, and grace. His righteousness is what he has to offer you. How do I get that? Confront your sin. Come to the place to go, God, I am guilty. I am a sinner. And I want, I want forgiveness and salvation, Lord. I want to follow you. And God will save your soul. Start walking with the Lord, experience the goodness of God in your life. I'm here to tell you, I'll shout it all day long. Don't tell me that's not truth because it's true. It's absolute truth. But you got to do what you want to do with that. Will you stand with your head bowed and your eyes closed? Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, I love you and I thank you so much, God, that you're a God who confronts us. That you don't let us just keep wandering. God, I wander so much in my life. Going after things in my life that, that are not good. God, just blatant sin. Trying to justify the way that I live sometimes. Lord, and I thank you that you, you stand right in front of me. And you stop me in my tracks. 
And I thank you that you love us that much, Lord, because your desire is to turn us away from those things so that we can walk with you and experience what you have for us, God. We've been so lied to in this culture, and we've bought into so many things that that lead to destruction and division and death and emptiness. God, I pray we'd be a people who would who would turn our whole hearts to you, trust you, God. Quit doing things our way. Lord, we would just look at your word and simply obey it and trust you for for what you're going to do, God. And we pray that you would fill this church with people whose heart hunger after righteousness. Lord, that we would be a people who who get involved with other people, God, that we would love and show your love and we'd be people who give and and we set people free with the truth. God, I just pray for someone here that's lost this morning, Lord, that you would confront them where they are and they'd just humble themselves to, to trust you as their Lord and Savior. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.